What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Real Ballers Read. We are so excited to have you in this episode. We have a very special guest today, one of my best friends in the entire world. Cam Burton is here. He joined us from Brooklyn, and we just talked about all things reading in this episode. He recently has read some really great books and all things technology also, so continuing our conversation about tech. So without further ado, here's our guest, Cam Burton. And I'm not just saying that because this podcast is about reading, but I, I've been reading a lot more. Um, just if I can get a seat, like I try and read like a bunch of pages um, while I'm on the subway, it makes the ride go by so much quicker. Because I feel like most of the time you're on the subway, like I look around at people and like, you know, most people are either like on their phones. Like some people are just listening to music kind of casually. But when I look down on my phone, I just kind of feel like a zombie. So like reading kind of makes me feel like I'm the main character a little bit. It makes me feel like I'm trying to like read my way out of this. Because sometimes I feel like I'm in the Matrix when I'm in the subway. Like I just feel. That's a great point, bro. Everyone is in the NPC mode looking down at their phones. That's what I'm saying, bro. I feel like when you just get up like for work and like get dressed and you just go into like, you know, a little subway car box and then like you just go to like the office and like it's just it just makes you feel like I don't know. Like I I, I literally feel like I'm like Keanu Reeves. What was the name's character? Neo, like just in the page. (laughs) Reading the the Neil Postman book, uh Abusing Ourselves to Death, I think that made me feel like I felt like a superhero on the trade reading that because uh it was just like I'm reading about how like fo- like you know like screens are taking over and how they like looking around to their other Apple phone. So that made me feel like it makes me feel like the main character pretty much. Like I feel like I'm like you know starring in the movie and I'm trying to like break out of the the simulation almost. But right. Miles was just uh, sharing a quote from "Call Me by Your Name." Is that always Miles? Mm. Yeah, readers yeah. are hiders. Mm-hmm. So hiders. Um, so to think, I've never thought of like reading as like a main character activity, but yeah, is I, I think it is because honestly, I I was actually um it, I think what kind of like made me think that just now too is uh while I was reading, I'm amusing ourselves to that this uh, guy on the seven train, he like stopped me. And normally, like when people like start talking to me on the subway, I like my immediate reaction is just to kind of freak out a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is this guy about to tell me? But he just asked me, he's like, <laughs> you know, like what are you? what are you reading? And like, you know, I kind of explained it to him and he's like, yeah, you don't really see like a ton of people like reading on the train. So he's like, so I make it a habit. Like anytime, like I see someone reading, like I always have to like ask them um, about it. And then he gave me like, uh, he gave me like a flyer. Uh, actually, it should be on my desk somewhere here, but he gave me like a flyer. Um, and I think it was for like some like new religious movement. So maybe that I was just like, kind of, <laughs> like, like, what are you reading? Yeah, because you know I, mean? yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe if I read that, like I'd be in a cult now or something. But I, I, I didn't <laughs> feel like maybe maybe that was just kind of the hook. But uh, I think that kind of made me, you know, feel like, uh, you know, it's just something different to do and kind of, you know. I think it's it's just good to kind of um, to read instead of like being on the phone and stuff, too, because like I think a lot of the times when I'm on the, the phone, like it's just so easy to like scroll into TikTok, like you're reading the news or you're reading something that you think is like look productive and then you just scroll onto TikTok and then you're just kind of <laughs> looking at puppies for like. 20 <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> puppies? You have a lot of puppies on your feed? That's tough. I got a lot of different <laughs> stuff on my feed. Like a lot of it is cute animals, and then like some of it is news, and then some of it is just like uh like sports stuff. So I think that's what kind of like makes it uh 
that's what makes it like um show you more of that stuff because i think like sharing is like better than like liking or like even saving it um i think when you share mm. stuff, that's like what really like gets the algorithm going so that's why they show that me that makes sense all the yeah, dogs. Does. Mm -hmm. yep <laughs> man yeah that's real no i mean all of all of the pleasure and tiktok for me is in the sharing yeah um, yeah. yeah for what sure on your feed jen so well, i have a lot <laughs> of different stuff so like uh first thing that'll come up is probably like a dancing video maybe like a few dancing videos and then it'll go into like food recipes uh mm -hmm. people cooking or um it'll be like relationship or friends type stuff uh there'll be like a little section that's more like politically woke mm -hmm. and then somewhere down the line there's definitely like a hip-hop r&b like conspiracy uh section too like you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. diddy's diddy's bodyguard is is going crazy these days so yeah like yeah it, just, <laughs> it always gets there at some point and that's usually when i start sending it to miles and i'm like i need to leave but and, yeah. it, and it, it's the feedback loop you send it to miles yeah. and it shows you more so yeah I'm exactly you, like, send more to miles yes <laughs> I, I see how people really like get down into the rabbit hole and stuff because like you know if you're sending like obviously you know like you you, you kind of have to like take everything you see on there with a grain of salt but like if yeah. you're not kinda thinking critically and like you just kind of see everything you take it at face value you keep sending it to people i see how people like get into like the rabbit hole of just like all the crazy stuff that's out there on social media now so mm -hmm. what, I'm yeah. mm -hmm. what i'm saying and yeah. they just yeah. shopping to it now social shopping so that'll make it even better now people i know <laughs> yeah way. dude i just that's got sweet. me i just learned yeah about this uh so Jam bought this thing called the shadow work journal which went viral <laughs> From tiktok and, yeah yeah and i learned that like the the person the woman that made that journal like made like one 1.6 mil in a month bro from that journal and just like going viral on tiktok bro what? yeah so basically the way the tiktok shop works like you as a creator can like put the the shop or, or like sign up to uh have the shop on on your videos and so you get a cut for every time someone buys it from your reels so that's why it kind of makes the uh actual sharing of the products even more like viral um and and right when it just like carried just fire in the way that it did for the shadow work journal like and it's linked to amazon yeah folks just went crazy with it bro yeah crazy. yeah bro i, I can actually send y'all an article uh if y'all are interested in this but uh i've because i've been really like heavily interested in kind of this social shopping thing because uh in like asian countries like in china like it's really huge right now like i don't know if y'all have definitely seen like timu at this point if you're on tiktok i feel like you can't avoid it but yeah they're timu? Like, no timu yeah it's like a new like uh y'all do y'all remember like a couple years back that app wish that sold stuff for like ridiculously like cheap yeah wondering like how is this shirt like two dollars <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. remember that yes so, timu is like a new it's like a new app and it's owned by this company in China called uh Pinduoduo, which is like this big like um e-commerce conglomerate. But basically, like uh Timu's like this social shopping thing. So like you download Timu and it's almost it's like sensory overload because I download the app just to kind of see what everything was about, and it's just like sensory overload. Like you see like a bunch of slots and like your screen's like full of just like these little games and stuff. And you'll play these games and then they'll like pop up, like, oh, like you just got like $20 off like this order. 
and like it basically encourages you to like sign up with your friends so like if us three like wanted to like let's say like all three of us wanted to buy like a basketball or something right i could share a link with you guys on timu and we could like group buy it and then we get like a lower price because like we buy it in bulk but it's like this huge kind of phenomenon where like it's a mix of like social media and shopping so now like tiktok and amazon are kind of like fighting each other um for this like for kind of this new thing and trying to bring it over into america so tiktok it has like the the social side of things covered right like it has everybody's attention but they don't really have like the e-commerce bit so they just started like with tiktok shop and everything and then amazon obviously has the e-commerce bit but no one like hangs out on amazon but if you go on like your amazon app on your phone now they have like reels now like they'll have like short form video content like on amazon promoting like products and then you can like buy it. It, it it's a huge concept because they're trying to make that like a, a thing in america now because it's not really a thing over here but in in china it's huge you know it's about it's to go crazy over here so hold on i just downloaded timu <laughs> yeah yeah and and the tagline is shop like a billionaire shop like a billionaire yeah what yeah, the hell, man? yeah. Mm-hmm. what that's powerful bro even though no billionaire shops like I was about to say a billion yeah. options. But like yeah. even to say that, you're like, oh, shop like a billionaire. Like, what does that even mean? Let me pull up this this article up right now on because I, I thought it was super interesting and it, it kind of got me down the the rabbit hole of um social shopping and like uh like what is going on with all of this. I open I open the app and it's like spin to win two hundred dollars coupon bundle. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it's really it's like sensory overload. Like it's, it's almost crazy. like it's yeah. almost like I downloaded like a game, but it's like a yeah. shopping, which is a little scary just because like yeah. the psychology of all right. I'm always like super paranoid that like apps are notification. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, no, I, I just sent I, I just sent y'all and told y'all uh, about that app, uh, you know, Flip. Yes, it's the same same thing. Right. So they have reels on that app too, that like promote all the products. I don't even know how they're making money, but like, oh well, they're, they're not. Seems... They're not making money right now. So Timu's really? whole thing is that they're losing a ton of. Well, Timu's like parent, like Pinduoduo is like losing like a ton of money. So like they're shipping stuff because right, like they have to move this stuff from China like to the U.S., which is obviously like you know expensive, but. And then they're charging like they're like team stuff on team was like cheap, like it is like dirt cheap. So they're losing all this money because I think they're it's kind of like how all these, you know, Silicon Valley type companies make money. Right. Like they lose okay. a ton of money, like burn a bunch of cash, like get it to be like ubiquitous in everyone's life. And then like you jack up the prices when like, you know, people can't remember exactly. that and they didn't yeah. have it. So it's that type of thing. But um, yeah, they, they definitely are not making money right now, but that's the plan. So. Yeah, who knows who's gonna win this this war? But uh, the person probably is gonna lose is the the American consumer. Uh, that's all. What I'm saying. All we need to to do though is come up with our own little product, pointless <laughs> product, bro. To drop nah, it. It doesn't have to be pointless, bro. Why does it have to be pointless? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, <laughs> could be something yeah. useful. Yeah, because well. I think Bob's probably said something like uh, like pointless just because I feel like that's the type of stuff that's like heavily promoted. Like it's never something that like, you know, you right. I think like you need like I'll I'll see. It's like a cat like back scratch or something like that. <laughs> you need it? No. But like, will it make your life like, I don't know, will it give you happiness for like a little bit? Maybe. So at that point, maybe it's, not, <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely not like they're not selling like water out here. They're not selling like stuff like you really need. 
<laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. They're not promoting books out there, you know. So uh, gotcha. just, that yeah. So no, facts. No, I mean the yeah, the shadow work journal, I think, is the most like interesting thing that I've seen that um also was like very big. So um no, that's fa- fascinating though. Um just in in terms of yeah, we might as well just get started with the cast we have we have started, but um like yeah, Cam, it just seems like you're someone who has always like followed their curiosity like really well and, and can learn really fast on any amount of topics, you know, sports, politics, economic tech. And and so I kind of wanna go back to just like Cam as a kid and like what was your educational foundation where you just were able to turn into the beast you are now bro <laughs> yeah definitely um so mm-hmm. i obviously grew up in jamaica and everything as you guys know mm-hmm. and um, my mom claims that i started reading at two i've since found out that like that might not be true because i uh, it's <laughs> i tell people that and they're kind of shocked by that they're like that's like, impossible <laughs> yeah like most kids don't start reading before that but she claims i started reading at two so i'm just gonna say like start reading at four you know just add two years on it or something but uh, i've always um always loved books uh, i think as a kid most of the stuff i was reading was more like um like fantasy stuff um obviously like you know like the percy jacksons the harry potters mm-hmm. that sort of thing um but i think like I was always really interested in uh, more interesting stuff that had like deeper kind of themes, like stuff that maybe, you know, like think a lot. So I started reading like um, I actually read uh, Song of Ice and Fire, like um, George R. R. Martin, like the Game of really? book, like super young. Um, cause really? I, yeah, because I had read. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of these books, but Ranger's Apprentice, um, which was by this guy, I think named John. I think his name was John Flanagan, but he's from Australia. But it was kind of like a fantasy, like <laughs> medieval type book. But uh Wow. I think it was um it honestly ended up being like a little too like uh I don't know at that point because I'd already read like books like Harry Potter and stuff so it almost felt like a little formulaic and stuff but I really did just love fantasy like I used to go outside and pretend I was a wizard and stuff um so I really just wanted <laughs> what? To... which house uh, which house cam which uh, I'm, I've always been a Slytherin uh, ah. I, I got I, I got the, the Harry Potter game the other day like the I think it's called Hogwarts Legacy and I was yeah, playing bro. that Slytherin and everything yeah. so yeah you uh you made your character like look like yourself and stuff oh yeah you know, oh yeah he's got the, he's got he has actually I, I made him have dreads because I thought it would be just <laughs> sick, like have the Harry Potter character have dreads because yeah. I've never seen that before but yeah uh, exactly yeah, he's in Slytherin uh he's a, he's a powerful wizard so you know I, I'm glad I got to kind of live out that childhood dream through the video game a little bit. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Always just I, I always thought like as a as a kid I was more into the um the kind of like you know like fiction like uh fantasy side yeah. that sort of thing wow. i think now um as an adult i'm much more into the non-fiction um i really want to get back into reading like the fantasy the sci-fi that sort of stuff because like i think like i was exposed to a very narrow slice of it and i know there's a lot of like yeah. stuff out there um but i think i just kind of need the I need to be able to like commit to a whole series, right? Because like a lot of these times, these books are, like sets of five, whereas like you can read like a nonfiction book and like learn a ton about an interesting topic in like you know five hundred pages, like one mm-hmm. says. I think I just need to get back into that a little bit. But uh, yeah. as far as educational stuff, I'm always been into like the life sciences from a young age. Um, it's kind of <laughs> related to my my job now. I always wanted to be um, a doctor and everything, but then I took chemistry in college and. 
it just uh, that wasn't for me anymore. So, uh, <laughs> but still, still, still very interested in like this science and everything. And um, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of mm. that's kind of what I am. But I, I'm always interested in just reading about new stuff and um, learning a lot about different things because there's so much cool stuff out there. Um, I feel like every time, like I see, like uh, like my YouTube is just like full of like these videos that are kind of just like high level summaries about like all these different like concepts and like business and like history and stuff. Mm. And I always thought that stuff is so cool. So, wow. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. It almost seems like our generation specifically though, grew up at kind of a perfect time where we still got to read books growing up. Like we weren't ipad kids right where we were like playing like blocks and minecraft like 24 7 like we still had you know the book fairs and all that stuff but like we also got youtube from a young age and just that whole joy of like the the tech life so yeah how do you see your learning interacting you know on those two levels now in more analog or tech ways like yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I was actually just thinking about that the other day, too. I think we were we were talking about balance that, yeah, like our kind of like latter half of Gen Z, we're sort of the ones where like we can still remember what it was like before the Internet. Um, and I was kind of trying to just think, you know, I was thinking more on that conversation. I was trying to think back to when like I can kind of remember that I had like an iPhone and like remember like when like I kind of became a little addicted to it and addicted to like the screens and everything. And I, I couldn't really pinpoint it. Um, and I think in college, I kind I didn't read as much. Um, you know, I was reading for school, like when I had school stuff, but I wasn't reading as much. Like all the learning was coming through, like the computers and everything, because like I, you know, took computer science courses and like watched lectures like virtually a lot. So a lot of it was like very digital heavy, um, not very heavy on the books and everything. So I think mm -hmm. now, like um, you know, as an adult, like when you just don't have as much time because you have like other commitments, like I think you have to just be very intentional to like carve time out to read, because um, if you don't, like you're just not going to. I think uh, it's just not like the natural way that we go to like find information anymore. It's like pull up a book, it's pull out your phone, and then your phone has so much other stuff on it. So I think I've just been trying to be, yeah, detox a little bit with the digital side of things and just get yeah. rid of the into the analog if i could honestly like if i didn't live in in new york and i didn't get lost all the time and i didn't need a gps i would honestly get rid of the iphone and just buy like uh buy like an old nokia or something yeah um, did you see the did you see the pg lang pho uh, phones no i didn't no. oh really what uh, yeah PG they... it was like a limited limited series like they're probably all sold out now but there are these uh it was like the light phone models if you remember that the like very minimalist one i they, do yeah they made one that I was do, pg yeah. lang branded oh wow yeah yeah no i'm looking at it now it looks the same yeah that's my phone but, that, but that's sweet yeah i think uh because and it, it really just goes back to the fact that right like your iphone just has everything like i feel like anytime i like go to my phone to do something productive like i want to like read and i think this is another reason too like why i wasn't reading as much in college is i was trying to read like um on my ipad or on my phone like you know through the kindle app and mm -hmm. I, I just didn't think that that was effective for me i think i need physical copies of books now um, yeah. so that like, i can focus my attention on it because if i have my phone and then like i have like a notification pop up i'll press it and then it's like my mind is like boom like it's gone and like just like that like 30 minutes will pass and like i like, haven't read a page like since that <laughs> notification popped up and then like i haven't read anything so yeah i think i've been going back to reading um physical physical books and you know it, it's it's a bit more expensive right like i think on kindle like a lot of the times the books are cheaper 
um, probably probably by design when I think about it. But uh, I think it's worth it to to spend a little more and just get yeah some, yeah some art books yeah. Well, also too, also too, Kim, when you come to Chicago, we can just give you like a box of books too. Like we really? have we have a lot to yeah we have a lot to just give you. Um, and and I'm learning more just like how many books there are around that are really cheap. Um, like. Uh, I just went to a thrift store like down the street from our places in Chicago that had books that were like old first edition, like stuff I'd never seen before. And they were like one and $2. And I thought it was wow. so cool that there are all these books out here. Cause I mean, it's kind of to the, to the whole point of how so much of people's like attention for media has changed in the last couple of decades where now there's just like so many books and they're just out here in the streets like you know people are yeah. giving away for free people are giving away for like under five dollars like you know i think there's yeah. there's definitely there is something nice about like getting a book and it being like twenty dollars because like, oh, i'm supposed to be really interested in this but there are a lot of books too where they feel like total bargains because um because they're so cheap exactly i mean books like when you think about it right like i, I don't know the whole process that goes into making like a proper book um but at the end of the day it is just paper and ink so i feel like it yeah. should be the raw materials to make a book like, shouldn't be, be that hard right yeah. yeah 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 that's a great point yeah yeah i wonder how much it actually is on the cost of the materials as opposed to like the overhead especially when you're yeah. thinking like bigger publishing companies yeah the publishing companies i've heard are, are struggling um if i'm not mistaken uh which which makes sense right like they're having to kind of adapt <laughs> like in in the new uh kind of like in the new way that people consume information now like people yeah, don't really exactly. and everything yeah so it's kind of like legacy media i feel like they're you know mm -hmm. struggling to make it into the new age where everyone's consuming information through their uh through their phones and through the internet and everything so yeah yeah you know what what i find so interesting or i i, I just think what will be so uh even haunting for us is like as our Attention gets like more and more commoditized. Like I think there's gonna be kind of a just a full split of even our own like personal um current consciousness of of like yeah of needing that analog life. Like these these devices and and um tools are really engineered to like fully immerse us and like capture our attention. You know. Cam and I were watching uh what is it called? The Apple goggles. The oh, Vision? The Vision Pro. oh yeah. Vision. Oh yeah. That oh y'all right, saw like, the trailer? Y'all saw the yeah. trailer, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, but like, right, like that's where these tech companies are trying to go, just further and further immersion of the technologies. And yeah, I like it, it's going to be very important to like deepen our rumination time and just time outside of this tech bro um yeah yeah like critically that's one product you know because I, I think it's like 3500 dollars starting at obviously because apple mm. the price <laughs> is always starting at so it starts at 3500 dollars. that's one that i hope it just kind of stays uh it stays expensive i hope they they don't buy <laughs> the chief of the production there because I, I really don't want to see people like out here walking around like with these big goggles like <laughs> scrolling as if like they were on exactly like, ipad like that stuff is just 
we're, we're, we're just living inside of a Black Mirror episode sometimes it feels like. And that <laughs> yeah, Seeing that commercial, I was like, my gosh, like, I see why, like, these Black Mirror writers are having such a hard time coming up with No, bro. Like, like, it's, like, happening in real nah. life now. Like, Can you imagine if they're just like, yo, really we're done, crazy. everything, all, all further episodes will be played in real life. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even a parody anymore. Like, this this is just like what, yeah. what's happening now. So, yeah, you just remind me of the uh, new Apple Titanium uh, trailer that's been out. And <laughs> it really, it really, really bothered me because, like, it's basically of like a meteoroid, you know, crashing the earth or something uh being like oh like this this titanium is from like outer space and of course i'm thinking like no it's not it's from the drc like it's literally from like the heart of africa and like and and i think it was just such a like uh yeah like tragic just flip like the ways in which like the story is told but then there's also this like the real like understory that's not being told like in the commercial um yeah but it's like yeah. more true to like where the phone actually comes from you know and i wonder yeah, i wonder what that i wonder what that story is for like the vision goggles too you know like yeah i think we're talking about it in a sense yeah yeah it kind of like abstracts away like all the horrible kind of things that happen at the bottom of you know the value chain of uh of yeah. these things my mom is a lot like me and uh she she doesn't i think read as much but she really likes like um youtube channels that like show like you know how people are living around the world and like um wow. you know kind of deal with a lot of these issues and i think one of the most messed up things i saw like um on one of these videos because she loves like seeing how everything works and everything was they were in uh congo and um they were kind of showing the people like in the mines who like go for the cobalt and everything like the stuff they put in the phones to, like make them work and these people they basically explain that the government has these mines and like once a mine like is kind of stripped dry to where like there's barely anything left the government donates it to the people right so like once there's nothing in there they donate it to the people and anyone can just go down there and like start like mining so like some people have shovels some people are just using their hands wow and the people will be like digging out cobalt and they showed like uh at basically the end of the day it's like you know these people kind of are working together and they like have like a bag of cobalt that's pretty big maybe like a five foot bag so like probably like a couple like maybe like a hundred pounds or so of like this cobalt and then um they sell it to this lady for like twenty dollars um i think for like this huge bag like so 20 us dollars was huge bag of cobalt and she goes and sells it to whoever like apple's like supplier is for i think like two thousand us dollars and then they're like yeah the supplier is now going to go sell this to apple for how many like thousands of like us dollars and i was just like wow like that is so crazy <laughs> like that i was just i looked out at my phone like in disgust i was like this is horrible how they made these things like those people just got screwed they got a raw deal there. Like, they literally just like a hundred thousand their investment from just moving it from where these people are at to like where like they're selling it to apple and i was just like that is crazy mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. It's it's funny you bring that up, Jed. I, I was yeah. just reminded that like, now I want yeah. to throw my phone away again. Now I need. To yeah, get I know, right? I'm looking. At it right now, now I need to get a Nokia or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. And I, and the titanium iPhones, I think I because I, I didn't even see that commercial, but I think the thing with that is like there is literally nothing new about that phone. They just made no, it titanium. I know. And I know. Like it's this big innovation. There is nothing different about that phone. Um, yeah. Well, people are gonna buy it so you know it's all good yeah line up for it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the type of person I change my phone. Like once the, once mine starts like slowing down, um, I don't have to get the new iPhone every year. I've, I've always thought that was strange, uh, especially when like they're only making like marginal improvements at this point. It's just not worth it from a cost perspective. And like, it's also just so bad for like the invite, like you're throwing away a phone every year. Like what's the right. point of that? Yeah. yeah books are funny because it's basically the same thing like like the content can be different but in terms of like the format of it um it's mostly like i mean like a book like you can print a book now and it is like structurally very similar to books <laughs> like a hundred years ago and like yeah. no but but for like the marginal improvements on phones it's like you know trying to make a big deal out of it being changed it's like no this is just like the same iphone but like a little different you know exactly yeah there's been very few i think there's really been like three times when they made like major upgrades to the iphone i think like when they made the six that was a big one and then when they made the 10 and then obviously like when they made the first one but like every other like in between i really feel like they didn't change the phone like all that much they didn't really didn't add that much to it um yeah yeah Mm. Mm. no yeah we were watching that first um iphone conference with steve jobs and you know yeah i think that <laughs> is that will go down as one of those like gutenberg press times on honestly where like just fundamentally i think the world did change um and what do you think is the next one cam man it's just so hard to say um mm-hmm. i think right now like the tempting answer like the thing that's on everybody's mind is like generative ai right like chat yeah. you dropping um and i i honestly hope that's not it uh, i really hope that that technology doesn't become like as ubiquitous in our everyday life as like iphones have uh just because like I don't think we've really even had time to react as a society kind of as like a wider you know like group of people to what the internet has even done and how we like get get all this information like how it's affected us so like (laughs) that you can literally create videos um from you know like text like prompts like uh and that can then be like shown to people and you know like that's where like people are getting their content or like you can make like maybe even entire like tv shows or like uh movies at some point like with this technology and like how that affects people I, I really don't want to think about it. I, I hope it does become ubiquitous, but maybe if I had to guess, you know, just based on everything happening, I, I'd say it's it's that. Um, just because really? I feel like, yeah, because I, I think I was reading uh, somewhere that OpenAI just got valued at, I want to say, like $80 billion or something like that. And I, I think uh, it's a nonprofit, though, right? It's a cap <laughs> profit company, is the explanation that I've heard. So it started as a nonprofit, but now. I think they've they've called it like a capped profit company, uh, which I I have to dig into what exactly that means. <laughs> but it's uh it's a capped yeah. company now. Yeah. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Yeah, same. I don't think it's like an official thing. I think maybe it's just kind of their way of like whole because I, I think the whole point of it, right? Like it, it's it's literally in the name, right? It was open AI. It was meant to be like make AI like transparent and like um and you know have it like be for the public good or whatever but i think now that you know they've seen that it has the potential to make a ton of money uh they're probably really close it back back. yeah we're gonna close it back up because i think up until um gpt3 and i I might be mistaken on this but i think up until then 
they had their AI models um, like open source. So, you know, anyone can look at it and, um, you know, change the code and play with it. But I think now um, GPT 3.5, which is what Chad GPT runs on and GPT 4 are like closed. Like they, you know, you can't see the source code. Um, mm. And I think that was like, uh, I think Facebook recently got involved in kind of this whole world too, because they released, um, I think they called theirs Llama, like L-L-A-M-A-S, because it's like a pun on like large language models. And they they made that open source. But I think you have to have like an affiliation with an organization to access it. I don't know if you can just like get it in public like that. I, I use like my university email to, to get it. and I never Oh, really? It. Yeah, I still need to play around in the files. But um, yeah, so <laughs> they're kind of a attempt to like make to kind of you know still make it open source and i'm not really sure what the business value to them of doing that is but i'm sure there is one they, they didn't do that out of altruism mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be one i just haven't seen it yet no it, it was crazy when chad gpt first came out because like folks were comparing it to how fast like facebook and instagram and all these massive apps whatsapp like how fast they reached their first million users and like chat GPT literally got it in a matter of days. And mm-hmm. like all of those pl- platforms got it in months or if not years. And I'm oh. like, yeah, I would never compare those on oh. first glance with, with without seeing those stats. But I was like, oh, snap, like this is kind of like, yeah, it is a paradigm shift in a, in a, in a sense of, of just things we have access to. Um yeah. So my first thought, even though after um, the iPhone, in terms of a bigger sea change, though, would be, uh, what, is, what is his name? So Toshi founding Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But would you think crypto will have just as big of an influence as AI in, in the coming years? Or, or Yeah, I think... And obviously, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy shouting into the void here. But I think uh, <laughs> I think with with crypto, I think the I think the idea, right, like is obviously like still very cool, right? Like the idea mm-hmm. that we can decentralize and like run for ourselves, like these things that we've typically needed, like these intermediaries who don't have like our best interests like in mind and who are like, you know, run um, primarily for profit. I think we were talking about it, Miles, like for uh, the like a decentralized like uber or lyft you mentioned that someone was yes and like yeah obviously they're right like that would be great like if we could just like have some sort of like decentralized app where you know i you have a car like i need a ride like we can match up and like you get the money and like it's not like you're not uh being taken advantage of by some like big yeah. company and you're not like wearing out your car for like pretty minimal um returns on it so i think the idea of decentralization is still cool i think the issue with crypto is that like people have now it's pretty much just become like a stock right except like there is no company there is no cash flow behind it it's just about like how much people believe in it and how much people like um are willing to to make it pump you know like make it like uh to go to the moon or whatever um but and i think the whole point of it was to be like a decentralized currency right it was kind of like disrupt like banks so like now instead of like us needing like the u.s dollar that the government can like, you know, print as many as they need at any time and like deflate our, or inflate our, uh, or deflate the value of our currency, like causing inflation. So like now we have like less money, you know, we could have like a supply like cap and like, you know, it would be like a more transparent system. But 
that just hasn't been what it's been in reality, right? Like most people have just, it's just kind of become like a, a huge like scam, right? There's a lot of people out there who have just started crypto projects, gotten celebrity endorsements, um, and then they just dump it all, right? Like that guy, Do Kwan uh, with Terra Luna, um, he wow. just like, yeah, he just pretty much like uh, committed fraud, right? Like used like all these people were like buying into his cryptocurrency, um, used the money to like buy Bitcoin. And then like once it all like, um, came crashing down like once like his system or whatever because i think like uh that one like the whole value prop was that like it was like there were two cryptocurrencies and one was like tied to the dollar and like they were going to tie like the other cryptocurrency to the one that was tied to the dollar so that like it could be stable it was something like that I, i'm honestly uh, i'm too dumb to really understand the specifics of it but yeah he pretty much like scammed these people right like it all came apart like people lost a ton of money and he i think fled to korea i think they actually just arrested him like a couple weeks ago because he was in korea like hiding oh um, snap. yeah I, th- I think they found <laughs> oh, a recent- yeah there, there's just been a lot of it like like that and i think also with bitcoin i was reading that a, a quite a large percentage of it is owned by like um into like uh, institutional investors and like um you know folks who like aren't who i think the the idea because the idea right was that like everyone would like own some of it and no one could take control of the system because like each of us like had like a little bit of control over it and like right but i think the reality has been that you know folks who have a lot of money have bought it up and by kind of nature of that they now have more control over it um and i think with like a lot of the the cryptocurrencies that i'll never understand the value of a cryptocurrency that like doesn't have a supply cap like bitcoin right like because in that case the person who made it can literally do what the government can do and just print or mine like trillions of these new things devaluing what everyone else has so i don't really see the point of that but um i do think that like the idea is still very cool like the idea of just decentralization and you know more kind of peer-to-peer stuff is still very interesting and i think it's something that the people who like started the internet um would have like you know liked to see i think that was how when the internet was coming up just based on like reading and like hearing folks were around back then i think that's what people thought it was going to be right like more peer-to-peer and not like just run by these kind of mega you know corporations um that kind of control everything um so i think you know if we can get around all the fraud uh, i think it could be a good idea but who who knows if we'll we'll even get there um so yeah do you know know much about um a coin a coin no yeah acons crypto Oh, God. <laughs> do, I, do I want to know more? I, mean, I don't know. You're talking about celebrity endorsements. And I was like, whoa, A-Coin. Like, I haven't thought about A-Coin in a minute. I feel like it's been like a year. Um, but yeah, we, we can look into it see what's up. Cool. Yeah, I mean. A- A-Coin's like, price A-Coin. currently is um, 0.005 US dollar, bro. Oh, wow. No, uh, no supply cap either, right? Probably, yeah. Probably unlimited supply. Yep, max supply, uh, infinite or um, not applicable. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like they, I, I just don't see see the value in that because I know like Ethereum, um, which I you know I think like that's kind of the second biggest one. I know that one, um, the supply I think is unlimited as well in theory. Like, there's no kind of hard cap on how many Ethereum can exist. But I think the the value people sign it is that if enough people go to this system and ethereum has like you know developer tools where you can like build decentralized apps like on top of the ethereum blockchain so i think the idea was if enough people go to this system uh 
we can kind of like uh you know like make money because like people will like use the apps that are like built on this blockchain or whatever so i think maybe that's why people like the the ones that are on the supply cap but i think that that's still that still just like doesn't at that point like why not just buy like uh like why why use ethereum versus using us dollars because it's the same like it runs the same risk i think the fundamental proposition was that like it's not going to be um it's going to be deflationary like by by kind of its um its very existence because right like, yeah. right so wow that's really fa fascinating bro yeah yeah but mm. uh, i don't know uh, i think uh I think like, cause it's like NFTs too. I think NFTs have like use. I think people buying, you know, like the, the apes or whatever, like the board apes, I think that was stupid, but I think NFTs in general, like they have like a use, right? Like it's a way to like verify ownership. So, you know, if like you had like some antiques or like, uh, or if you're like an artist or, and you want to create some limited edition token or something or limited edition art for your like supporters and, you know, people can buy it or whatever. I think like, they they can be useful to show that you know this thing that i have is like the actual authentic one and you know it's validated like by this system that's incorruptible that's like a cool idea but i think i think all of it has just kind of turned into like just another way that people can like make money right people are just kind of looking at it like a stock like how much like how can i put like a hundred dollars into this thing and like it turned into a hundred k like overnight mm -hmm. uh, i think that's the that's the problem uh but i, I think the currency half of it too like because it's cryptocurrency like the currency half of that word you can never use anything as a currency that people are treating as a as a commodity right like because if people think that like the value of their money is going to go up tomorrow they're not they're not going to spend it today right like if you think that the value of your money if you're holding that money to make money you're not going to spend that money today because you would have more money tomorrow if you just held on to it and i think that's the I think that's something that people figured out a long time ago. Like, I think that's why, you know, the government mm. aims to have like 2% inflation um, every year, just so that like people know that they can't just hold cash and make more money. So like, it, you know, it keeps the economy running and everything. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that, um, if that all makes sense, then if you have oh, that. It makes sense, bro. It makes a lot of no, sense. It's, yeah. It's like, it's kind of funny. Cause I mean, I think even having these two, topics back to back it's like oh humans are trying to recreate intelligence and humans are trying to recreate money and we're literally seeing that like we cannot fundamentally perfect these things as much as we think in theory because we are still involved and i i think that is that that is the fear though about the ai fundamentally though too is uh if it is intelligent, it will want to get rid of you know the unintelligent. Uh, want to go buy a robot on us and just yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I was I was tracking that we were talking about like tech and money, and then I was like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on health as well, because if Miles is saying like you know redefining um, intelligence, redefining money. And then there's also like redefining the human being as well in the ways in which like tech and finance are like also in cahoots with like modern medicine right now, you know, um, mm. you seem like a great person to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, but, well, it, it's, it's where I work, right? Like I work, um, you know, for a pharma company, um, for, <laughs> for 
the listeners uh, so they don't they don't uh, they don't take anything I say too seriously. But um, I think <laughs> yeah, I think with health, um, right? I think like health scams have existed for a long time, right? The other day, I called my aunt and she she mentioned that she's like eating for a blood type, and I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean by that? It's like, yeah, like I read it like in, in this book and like I looked into this and like in the 90s, this doctor told people that like you can eat for your blood type. So if like I'm like type A, like I need to eat like beets and like red meat so that uh, so I've that, seen this. Yeah. Yeah. So that like I'll, I'll like be in sync. It, it's pretty much like horoscope for like health. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's just complete like, you know, kind of BS. So health scams existed forever. But I think now that like people are like uh, combining you know, like now we have technology and like now you run technology, health, scam together. That's where like you open up like um, mm. a lot of like, uh, yeah, they, that's where like you're, you really, you know, start to maybe have a problem. Um, and I think like Miles, we were also talking about therapy. We Miles and I love to just talk <laughs> about fraudsters and like <laughs> uh, but we we're talking about um, Theranos too, you know, because that's, that's oh, cool. yeah. exactly. Shout out, shout out Stanford. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's just kind of like, it i think i would hope that people can limit the scams um to the tech world versus like people's health because like people's health is, you know it, it's so serious and like it's so personal um you know like when you really hear like the stories of people like um like even like kind of the company profit like i don't want to call it profit again but the company like uh training materials when you hear people like talking about like their um their health and everything um it, you can tell that it's just like a very, very personal thing. So I don't think we've seen like a huge scam where like, you know, like at this big level where people like took people's like health data or did something really messed up that I'm aware of. Um, like I, I haven't heard of anything like that, like that involves, you know, technology in a significant way. Like obviously Theranos was like a, a scam in that, like, you know, she said she could do something that like she couldn't, but it didn't, I don't think it ever really affected patients. Like it wasn't really doing anything like that, but I'm hoping that there is not going to be like that sort of thing, like in the future too, you know, where we see like, you know, people promising, like if I started a company and like, I promise that I can like, you know, cure X incurable disease. And like, I give like hope to like all these people. And then it's just like a massive fraud. I I really hope we we don't see that. uh, Cause I think that would just be absolutely heartbreaking. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I, I think about, like, how seriously, like, I try to take my health and how, like, I think about, like, my parents, like, health, even though, like, you know, they're not, like, sick or anything right now. Um, and it, It's just a very personal thing for people. And it's something that, you know, I think everyone kind of worries about um, these days, like, especially now after COVID, like, everyone, you know, wants to be a little healthier. Um, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that folks don't, uh, don't extend the scams uh, to the to the health mm-hmm. world. Um, I don't think we need yeah. That mix it with technology. Keep it to the to the nutrients and the multivitamins. You know? <laughs> there is a ton of information out there that we can read to make sure right. that we get into that. But once you add like you know you add some shiny like Silicon Valley branding to it, um, yeah, uh, that's when it really can trick people. So yeah, no, um, Jan and I were listening to this podcast. I think it was a few weeks ago uh, that I'll send you, but. This guy, he worked uh, for a life insurance co- company and he had like, like he he was just very hauntingly talking about the amount of data that these pe- people had where they could pre- predict to the year when someone was going to live based on all of these like health markers. And 
to me is not even so much about a scam in a Silicon Valley sense, but just like surveillance that is possible when like these massive technology companies and governments like have access to even more invasive forms of data than they like already have because they have stuff that we don't even know about um and right when i hear like Neuralink trials are like starting now i'm just like oh man like like right. that is the, that is the start of like the, the the true start of like our biology being linked to massive tech in in a way that we we don't know the ramifications of um yeah. I will say the, yeah. the good thing about that, though, like, you know, when you're talking about like genetic information and like how do you because, right, like I think the obvious like, you know, use case for folks is genetic information is insurance, right? Like if insurance companies could use our genome yeah. or whatever, like that'd be great for them, right? Like they could more accurately predict that. The good thing is, is that that's already illegal in the U.S., right? Like I think they have, um, I think the law is called GINA, uh, like G-I-N-A, like genetic, mm. I'm looking this up right now. Yeah, Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. So they passed that i think in i want to say 2008 but basically like you can't use like um folks like genes like against them like um through health insurance or through uh, maybe life insurance i'm not sure if life insurance but you can do right. health insurance um so that at least like you know regulation was kind of already aware of that one because i think the issue with a lot of this stuff is that it's coming out so fast that the same people who created it are going to have to play a hand in like in regulating it. I think like, yeah. AI, like that's like one of those things, but with health stuff, at least they've kind of like, you know, it's been, I think in people's psyche a lot longer than like some of the stuff we're seeing today. So they already kind of, I think we already have like, you know, safeguards in place to make sure that like stuff like that um, mm. happen. But I did hear recently that 23andMe is selling, um, like the anonymized data that they've uh, collected. I, I didn't really like look into the story, but I, I saw really? a headline that they're selling some of the anonymized data they're collecting to some like research um, institutes. So, you know, that's not like tied to any particular person. And like, I think like, you know, if that's true that they're just selling it, like, you know, it's anonymized and like, you can't link it back to anyone. Like that's not like insidious, but it definitely did like feel a little weird, like seeing that, right? Like there's yeah. health data, like, for a profit it definitely seems that is weird yeah that that could be something it's mm. got like a slippery slope right like it could be for selling it you know anonymized now like well right and you know obviously like we also have the benefit of being in the u.s right there's a ton of countries out there that do not you know they, they don't care they have governments that are way more like corrupt than ours and they'll do anything for a buck so I'm hoping that other governments will have similar things where like we can't like, you know, sell people's da health right. data and we can't use it to make money. But right. dude, I'm thinking, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of countries out there where, you know, that could still be possible. Um, I'm sure in Jamaica, they don't have any laws against that just because they've never mm. had, like, you know, the mm. that's never really come up. Like it's not like proactive like that, but right. Yeah. So, you know, what's crazy is like we started, this conversation talking about fantasy and sci-fi and then i think we spent like this last half building the case for why those books are so important well wow, so i was thinking the exact same thing bro yeah I was thinking the same thing. yeah because it's but, like yeah. the truth is stranger and it is so important though that like to even see 
how we are literally living or we are about to start to live in folks sci-fi fantasy dreams like elon musk is someone who's one also was very personally impacted by sci- sci-fi and fantasy books growing up when he's literally asked like why he's doing what he's doing the first thing he brings up are those novels and we will literally like the future is literally going to be the manifestation of folks deepest fantasies <laughs> in, in all ways that that sounds weird but like think about that <laughs> like and like it's up to us to also i think dream and make sure that we we're, we aren't just fearing stuff and we are really trying to create uh yeah you know jenna and i were talking about the um manifesto right the andreessen the tech manifesto yes, I was, manifesto. I was yeah and and, and 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 i was like man like what yeah what would ours be where where like technology we might not think, think of it as this holy um panacea but like what role should it have in our lives and in our world and what is the foundational beliefs that that we have about our future with it you know i think that's honestly really important for us to like sort and think think through um on our on on our own and and collectively yeah you're you're right i mean right you you sent me the the manifesto that i think yeah. Anderson wrote the other day and yeah i read it you know i'm, I'm so cynical at this point like uh <laughs> i think that that's the downside of reading a lot of non-fiction especially like non-fiction like history like stuff that actually happened like it just makes you like so cynical and like you're always thinking about like people's like you know uh motives like beneath the surface um but yeah. i think reading that though it did kind of it didn't i wouldn't say like the content of it actually gave me up because i'm also just so like cynical about like you know silicon valley billionaire says like tech is great like all right like i think it, it did kind of remind me that like ultimately this technology it's like really cool like there's a lot of just like mm. very cool stuff about it and i think it is easy to imagine a world where like all this technology is used right like it could improve so many lives if we actually like you know as a society come together and we really think about how we wanted to interact with our lives like the stuff that's coming out now could really help people like it could really make a, such a positive change like to how we live if we're careful with it um and i think i just kind of have to remind myself that there is stuff to, like be optimistic about like, i think today it's just so easy to like be cynical and like be like very like you know like um uh reactionary and be very like against like kind of you know change in tech because like you i feel like everyone's just kind of wondering like oh my gosh like even with gen ai right like now we're thinking like oh my gosh like this is gonna like take my job like what is this gonna mean is it gonna end up being like you know where the folks who control it like they have everything and like folks who don't like we're all just kind of like um beneath like that movie i think it was uh elysium i think that was kind of the premise of that movie so yeah i think it's it's just so easy to like be not like a pessimist about it um but i think like it is just so cool like when you just kind of remove like all the social like questions about it like it is just really cool like technology that we're seeing and we we just have to be so careful with it because it does have the potential to improve like our lives so much but we also just uh it also could like destroy people or just be used for like massive evil right like i always just think about like what if like you know 
some of this stuff was like around like back before people kind of cared about like you know human rights and like uh oh you know the kind of progress we've made like from the social sphere like in society like what if like all this tech was around like back in like the 1500s can you imagine like what like crazy stuff these people would have like done with it or something or like how they would have used it to like wage war or something um yeah so we, we just need to like remind ourselves you know that, that it can be good um i think we just need to like every, we just need to like be involved like in in the conversation of like how it's going to be good right so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. man nah, giving giving me a lot to think about bro um of yeah the, well the second part the second uh, part of yeah. uh of miles's question though because he's right that you uh you did and we did listen to you talk about this this uh this world the sci-fi fantasy world stranger than fiction um but then also where is cam the wizard doctor like in this world mm -hmm. too you know like like what's the main character of this world as you see it like where do i like see myself in it or yeah, where, where do you like... see yourself in it I mean, hopefully do it, do it something positive. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know like what that is yet. I, I think like for, I think I mentioned this, but like I, I wanted to be a doctor as a kid. Like um, I think I decided that when I was like six and um, I think going into, into college, um, it, it made me a little, not depressed. Like I was definitely a little like um, jaded and just kind of a little sad once I realized that like that wasn't going to be my path. And I really had to like, you know, start thinking about like what, do I want to do? Um, and I think I've been thinking about that a lot. Like I just turned 24 uh, in September. So right. I'm just trying to figure out like, wow. you know, where can I apply like my talents? Like, where do I want to like learn more? Cause there's just so many different like strings. Like, yeah. I think, like another um, thing that we reason why we should be optimistic, you know, like us, like, you know, our people of like our age, like we have so many more opportunities than like our parents and definitely our grandparents did. Um, so it's hard, I think, to it's kind of like um, the process of choice, though, like where you have like all these options of like what you could be or like, you know, like how your life could go. So like you don't really know like what to focus in on. And sometimes like as corny as it is, I watch like Gary V, like when he like, you know, like those videos, yeah. like come to him and he's like, you're so young, like you have like all the time. He's like telling that to like focus in right. like, 50s and everything like you're so young, like you have time and uh, you can do it. So. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, hopefully, like anything I do has a positive impact. I was just talking to my uh, my dad the other day. We were having like a, a conversation about this, and he brought up the financial crisis. He's like, "Oh, like son, like it's like folks like you, like who went on Wall Street and like learned to like chop up these people's board." He like always rants about the financial crisis. He's like, "Who like learned to chop up these people's mortgages and sell them?" And like, y'all were tricking people. And he's like, "I'm so happy that you're not doing that." Like, uh, he's <laughs> like you know. You know, like do anything like positive, like you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be probably. It doesn't matter like how much like money you make. Like I just want to see you like use that education. That like you know, me and your mom like worked like so hard for you to like get like for just something like good, something that like helps people. So, yeah, I, I think that really like um, you know, I I I don't think like that really hit me in the moment, but like when I thought about that, I think that that's just like a good kind of guiding wind. Um, just making sure that like where you're doing is like something that you want to do and then something that's just helping folks. Cause um, yeah, I mean, all, you know, we're all blessed and got like a great education. Um, we've had like a really good life. Um, just more, like I said, more opportunities than our, our parents could have ever dreamed of. So 
yeah, the hope is to do something positive, but what that is yet, um, I, I still don't know. I'm still figuring that out uh, to answer your question, Jen. I wish I had a better answer for you, honestly. Oh, that's, a, that's a beautiful answer as is, bro. It is. It is. Yeah, so. Yeah, I feel like it's just, we just got to keep trying things, man, and and yeah. experimenting and learning. Um, but yeah, that is a great answer, and I feel, I don't know. I, I feel like the sense of arrival no human that I've heard of, even ones that we see as like very success, successful, like really achieves. Like I, I like no one ever feels like they've really um gotten to where they want. And and so I feel like that's just kind of part of the human condition condition too, is um yeah, always you always gotta chase so thing. And then that chase is like a you know, uh fundamental um dis-ease in a sense yeah yeah i hear you mm-hmm. um, where i'll turn the question back on y'all though where do y'all see yourself in the in this technology stranger yeah. sci-fi that we're living in right now i know y'all have the the podcast so you know using uh using tech to you know get the message out the reading right that's that's already like such oh a good well thing. shit <laughs> i was like oh damn i didn't think it like that that's oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, like, i mean yeah oh, we're yeah. literally on laptops yeah. speaking yeah microphones. yeah yeah sending the word out that's already a good step social but media where else multi-layered yeah mm. yeah so i mean i think for me and why i think the philosophy of entrepreneurship is so perfect for this idea of figuring it out is because like entrepreneurs are just folks who solve problems those problems change they they change with the times they change with the seasons of both um our cultures and our lives and like when you just get in the process of like solving problems you just know how to both spot the opportunities and know like the team how to put together a uh, team and like, yeah, just what you need to execute to solve them. And and so, right. When I even think of like my next year, I, they're like, there are many things that I even haven't even done before in my life, but I'm like curious to see how I solve them. And like, those will create problems for the next year, you know, and create opportunities and thoughts. Right. But it's like entrepreneurship is like the ongoing process of like self mastery and i think concurrently with art entrepreneurship is right this uh spirit of the philosopher too because it's it's about as you're solving these problems like decoding and um deepening your meaning of of them right so um those are the two that I that I see my, my myself living in that are both like flexible and I think awesome for people like us who have very high openness and creativity and just love a range of things. Just like they are kind of great creative constraints that also grant a lot of freedom. So yeah. no that, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was fire. Yeah it was it's chilly too delivered through the black turtleneck <laughs> really channeling all the all the jobs you can you know what i'm saying exactly. making jobs 
yeah said said in a in a different way than uh how miles just put it is to can that i i find a lot of value in continuing to do things i've never done before um and that's it's really scary honestly and i think it's like it's it, it's it's a little I, I see it a little differently than like chasing after something like i think true true um i think it's actually like being pulled in a way like it's not it's not a chase so much as just like being pulled by something um and there's a couple of people that i'm thinking about in saying that one is you know um quest love who talks about how like you know um curiosity creativity is less about like choosing to go after things and more about just like you know not blocking anything from coming to you um he says something along those lines and then as well like paul graham has a line like uh you don't have to push yourself so hard when curiosity is pulling you um and so it does feel like that curiosity for just like who i am the curiosity for what's possible what we can create that is good uh just feels like a huge like force that is pulling me to try new things right and that's not like so much of a chase um because I, I think the other thing that's interesting about chasing is that you can chase something and then think it's one thing but then you get it and then you're like oh actually this isn't what i thought it was um whereas like when you're being pulled I think that, you know, there's a different kind of like surprise where I was like, oh, wow, this is actually better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so that's that's something that I've been thinking about and navigating. But, um, you know, Cam, earlier you mentioned the word you, you were saying legacy. And uh, Miles and I have been talking a lot about legacy institutions, whether it be like cars and highways or publishing, um, hmm. you know, education these uh like water utilities that was kind of like the the biggest legacy institution that i studied um in college and directly after um and these are all you know these like structures forces systems that have been set up in the last hundred years or so um but that are all in their own ways like in a crisis period and i think even like reconsidering legacy institutions like where where like do we like draw a legacy from and like how are we recreating things to be like designed for us in a way that they haven't been before um it's just really interesting for me yeah and i i love when you when you bring up uh, uh the legacy stuff jen i remember the last time i think you you were in new york and i, I saw you uh we had a conversation just about like more accessible city i love hearing you you talk about that stuff uh, wait, I, wait wait more accessible what more accessible just cities and like infrastructure. Um, oh, I wow. think about like building that. I know that that's what you studied. So like the urban, um, like just like how we plan out like uh cities and stuff and make them more accessible and make yeah. them like more human centered. I, I love like listening mm -hmm. to that stuff and like hearing you talk about it. Um oh, wow. I appreciate you know, that. Yeah, it's one thing to read about it, but I think it's it's really cool when you know you know someone who like studies it and has like knowledge about it and then like uh they, they talk to you about it. I, I just think that's so cool. So. wow thanks i really appreciate that i think um i actually don't read as much as i would like to on it um but i think it's because so much of what i was like that is where a lot of my curiosity is but because so much of those books are like written by like white men i think like there's always the translation like it's because it's never just like the it's never just the highway it's like the neighborhood that the highway went through right and if that's not talked about at all then it's just like there's a lot of grief i think in reading 
nonfiction where they don't really have that full kind of like perspective or story on it. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's something that I'm just really eager to like be more intentional about how I find that kind of stuff, like where my ideas are being fed. Um, It definitely set me up to be able to like, just right, like be in New York or anywhere and see like how things could be different. Um, which is where like a lot of possibilities are, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I wish, I, I wish I remember what we were talking about, honestly, cause like, that sounds super interesting. <laughs> I remember us talking about, um, if I'm remembering this is the same time it was Halloween, like two years ago. Yes. Or three years ago. Really? I... Is well, one, the last time uh, I think it I was, was, yeah, go ahead, Cam. was 20, I want to say it was 2020. It was when I still lived in my in the first place in New York. In that, Brooklyn. That yes. But the yes. first spot. Yes. Because so that was, Lenny was like, there and we were talking about we were talking about relationships. Yes. And that was right. yeah, that was Halloween in twenty twenty one. That was like two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dang, bro, we need to see each other, bro. We need to That's see each other. Yeah, I, I need to make it to Chicago. I think That's great. You gotta come to Chicago, bro. You yeah, gotta do I, it. Man. I, I, it's gonna be I so much fun. It. Yeah, that was two years ago that we had because yeah, I remember pulling up to your place. We had the relationship talk and yes. then yeah we were out, out in the city i remember because like halloween time new york city is like one of the craziest places ever bro freaks come out at night like that shit was nuts bro. Yeah. that was yeah. that was actually yeah. a movie bro yeah hmm. we went to that stanford party and then went out to the club mm-hmm. yeah no it's wild wild times no i mean all of that no damn like you know, on on the sweeter side, bro. How how have you felt informed by the love, Brian? Like and uh, making trip and questions that, that, that I did yeah. not prepare to answer. But, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, for for me personally, um, you know, and I, I've talked to you about this, Miles. I think, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, in college, like you know, I was always trying to get booed up. Uh, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. always super like into the the day around thing and you know i obviously like you know looking back on it, like uh um, i was young like i was like 18 to, to 22 i'm um, in college so, like worrying about like not finding someone is definitely like i think a little little premature um you know just being that young and everything but um yeah since uh since day i've it's, it's been awesome uh, i think like living together too it just makes life feel like a little bit less like um you know you're kind of on your own because i think especially like as like you know men like we kind of like I think, like, in general, you know, it's kind of viewed, like, uh, we're just, like, kind of take it on, like, alone, right? Like, you're always kind of, like, yourself. Yeah, isolate, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of, like, in life, and, like, you're just kind of, you know, I think you could call it, like, thugging it out, right? Like, it's just, you know. <laughs> That's uh, what it's called. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, we just thug, we just thug it out, you know, <laughs> like. <so> nice. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, even even today, like, uh, we, we grocery shopping together, and that, that makes me sound like, you know, so so old. Like, I sound like an old head right now. But nah, I bro, you sound young, bro. <laughs> we, we, we went grocery shopping together, and it, it, was, it was just awesome, honestly. <laughs> just, like, um, you know looking at like what planning like meals like plan how we're gonna cook like you know i'm gonna cook on uh right i right after this actually i'm cooked today and then maybe like you cook on wednesday and like we share that and stuff and like it's just good to have like someone you know to like bounce your thoughts off of um you know in life because I, I think life especially during covid like it, it can get lonely like i was you know at home um with my mom like for a good portion of covid so that was nice but before that like i was in cali and i was staying with my on and she was still like working and everything so a lot of the times like i was just like in my room in her like uh condo and it, it can get lonely man like i can tell you 
um, and you can just feel very isolated. So it, it's good to like have someone, you know, to like be going through uh, life with. And I think I think you you said something like like that to me, Jed, because at the time, like I was day one, like where we had the relationship talk. <laughs> Uh, you you mentioned that you know I was I was young I was like oh man Jam like you talking you know and I was like oh, whatever you know I was, I was like being, whatever bro I, was, I don't I was being I was being really annoying like I'm not gonna lie I was being <laughs> no no I, I don't think yeah. it was that I think it's just kind of like <laughs> oh you know Jan's in love like whatever man like oh, I'll probably find that but I I, I definitely kind of think back on that conversation I'm like you know you you're you're right man like, you definitely you definitely um mm. I think you you definitely right it was almost prophetic in that way so oh wow. Mm. Then if you want to be a fortune teller, buy that. <laughs> okay, I right, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, That's no, because I remember, I remember Jan and the wit too, because the wit was always saying like, "Oh, like everyone that I know is moved here, always got booed up." And he said that you're next, and like, uh, yeah. I guess yeah, it didn't happen for me and Brian, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miles, you're up next, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Sooner or later, man. Um, yeah, bro. We'll see. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get the cam advice, bro. It's crazy, bro. We were once single, single men, bro. Rough, <laughs> roughing it, and now I'm, I'm coming to you for the advice, bro. It's crazy. I think too, like um, another thing that I, I've sort of realized is that um, you know, like back to back to thugging it out, like you don't got to <laughs> have a relationship to stop. Uh, stop out right like i think i've been talking to my mm. uh, my dad a lot more about like uh stuff and, and my mom obviously as well and then you know trying to talk to friends and like be more be more open as well because um i think yeah you shouldn't like uh i think it's important to know too that you know you shouldn't put like everything like you know on the the person who you're who you're dating or who you're married to right i, I think i've learned that too from uh, from my because she has like a you know a good group of friends and like a lot of different people who she relies on and stuff so I think you gotta like uh we, we were talking about it, but I was like you gotta have yeah. people, right, you gotta have the people who you can rely on. That's not just, you know, your romantic um your romantic partner. So Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go, Ken. Student has become you know, a teacher, bro. I I, uh, I tell that to you all the time. And you just said it. I feel bro. like a sensei. Right. I feel like a sensei, Jeff. Honestly. <laughs> the Jedi, bro. Wow, bro. You don't need to be in a relationship to stop thugging it out, bro. Honestly, that's the message that, like, so many men need, bro. Like, men are such in a, like, bad spot now culturally. And I think we've had a, a flurry of figures that, you know, have, that have told, told us to uh, man up in so-and-so way. But I think more than anything, bro, like, if we could just even depend a little more on each other bro like imagine how much stronger we would all be for that you know um you know this this whole thought that that you need to go full monk mode and like be alone and like grind it out like it's right. like it's like a myth bro it, it doesn't really like yeah like honestly it's like how how could you encourage someone to live in a way that they couldn't live in for their whole lives. Like, like, cause, cause when, cause when you pedestalize even one part of it, um, or, or make it seem like it's so, so, so separate there and there and there and there and the others, I feel like you just even lose the gratitude for the relationships and, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, cause, cause you think that you don't need them 
Um, and and yeah. yeah, even 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 me, I've definitely gone on so many varying stages stages of of that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm curious yeah. to see what I land on this tom tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think that like, I think that uh, I see self isolation is also tied to shame and now since you know in a few places we've talked about quarantine like it's almost like the monk mode or that sort of like thugging it out way is like oh you need to extend your quarantine like you're you're sick and like you can't go outside you can't like actually Mm -hmm. show up for other people or yourself like until you get better but then it's it's tricky right because it's like how like how do you know when that is if you don't even know what you're actually like diagnosing your sickness as you know um but right i think that there is like an extended like quarantine that comes with like self-isolation or like feeling like there's some shame that people like yeah will will somehow like be worse off with you around or like get sick from you and like that's not always the case either um yeah and so it's it's very much like a question of like how do you like learn who you are warm up to who you are warm up to like people around you like in in time and space right rather than feeling like that's got to come like all on your own because it's not Mm. yeah and i I think there definitely was a point in my life too where you know i was i I think like a lot of you know folk like guys our age like where you're kind of drawn to like you know the stoic mindset and like you know meditations like you start reading like seneca and you know like mark yeah yeah all those guys and i i think right like i think i don't want to like completely discount their message though you know like there definitely is like you know value in having like uh you know like uh, i guess like um a mindset where you can adapt to things right because not everything in life is going to go your way right like there's going to be times where like stuff goes horribly like not your way mm-hmm. you definitely need like a framework to like deal with that and like adapt with that and I also think, like, you know, when you're listening to Marcus Aurelius, like, Marcus Aurelius had a lot more pressure on him than, like, 99.9% of men in history. Like, you know, there, you know, he was, like, emperor of Rome, and, you know, when there's people trying to poison you and, like, do all this, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, harder to trust people, right? So I think, like, like uh, I think you should always, like, take, it's like any, like, lesson, right? Like, you should take it and, like, apply it to, like, your own, kind of life but not like let it you know become like your personality because i I don't think it really makes sense like any of us to live as if we were like you know who he was like the emperor Mm. we don't really have the same the same issues uh that i think he had i think the one thing that yeah the big lesson from mark serious i think is right the power of of self-reflection um in life Mm. he was writing all these things right as a way to you know he was kind of doing these thought experiments for himself on how to think like how do i deal with this like how do i deal with like being the emperor like how do i deal with like getting to such a young age or deal with this problem or like when things like don't go my way so yeah i think the big lesson is it's the self-reflection it's kind of the being able to like think about like myself and think of like you know mm-hmm. be perspective and like how i can like um you know improve and like what am i because I, I think a lot of the times like uh, especially these days i find myself like I'll just have a thought where like, oh my gosh, like I've really like just sat down and like thought to myself, like about like what's going on in life. Um, and I, mm. you, know, you need to reflect constantly. Um, Cause mm. 
yeah, uh, life comes fast. Uh, you wake up. Uh, I still feel like I'm 17 and I'm like 24. I like woke up the other day. I was like, oh my God, I'm 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so, so deep. We're so, so glad and grateful to have you on the oh, show, man. Right. This has been right. a uh, treat. And I and yeah. I want to I want to end with uh, your list of your top three or five favorite books. All time. Yeah. All time. All right. I'm going to put, this is in no particular order. Yeah. I'm going to put, um, amusing ourselves to death, even though I just read that, um, that, you know, up there, um, I thought that book was really cool. I'm still thinking about that. I finished that like a month ago and I'm still thinking about it. And like, every time, like I see something come up, like, uh, I, I just have to like put it on there. Um, I feel like I talk so much about like, uh, fantasy so i'm gonna have to put um game of thrones like the book um mm. the song of ice and fire like series uh still waiting for for winds of winter um you know <laughs> to get that book it's been it's been 12 years um so you know we'll see if we get that and then number three hmm. ah man you see i'm just like getting back in, into the reading so i feel like i have like mad recency bias but i did love um killers of the fire moon a lot um, yeah I, you know, i'm gonna give you the that's the top three for like right now um i i, I love that. that like i literally like i i could not put that book down like and i haven't gotten that feeling from like any piece of media in a while where i just like had i had to know like what mm-hmm. was next um and I, I just had to keep reading um and I, i'm so excited to see the movie honestly um I've, I've heard it's really good and that was a great cast so yeah and the story is just like something i'd never heard before and it's just so crazy um that it actually like happened in real life so i really really enjoyed reading reading that one too um so this that's my recency bias list uh, no I, I love it yeah but um wow. yeah I, I once you're finished with it, Miles, uh, we we got to talk about it. No, like, seriously, it is. It you, is. Need to, you need to read it too if you haven't already. Yeah, I yeah, already. Oh wow, okay, cool. Yeah. No, no, bro, these this, oh. this Osage Nation was they were like millionaires, bro. Like everyone, they were yeah. so rich, bro. Seriously, like, yeah, it's the only Native American tribe that like would have been like billionaire status now, bro. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was actually crazy and right that that's just in the first part that i've read first 20 pages but i've just been kind of mind blown from that fact yeah. like, it's like kind of like their own like little tulsa yeah um, i mean i'm not yeah, good. yeah i i was right. just actually gonna say that that it, it not little either Tulsa. yeah not mm-hmm. yeah not little not yeah. little in terms of the scale but yeah not to i don't want to spoil it for you guys but yeah just the conspiracy that they had out for these people was like the the spans of it is just really crazy because a big part of the book as well um is about uh like kind of the origins of the fbi because at the time this was happening like the fbi like wasn't really like um you know it wasn't like a huge agency yet like they were still trying to like establish themselves like in the government and like obviously like you know with the history of america like people are always kind of skeptical of like federal law enforcement type things so it was really interesting to kind of see like how they the fbi like as an institution was forming like based on this like event that happened because this was kind of their first like big sort of test that they were brought in um to take care of yeah it was the kind of the first thing that like the local and like state authorities like really really couldn't deal with um so yeah i mean even if you you think about that pair of like 
the FBI in this case and the CIA with like, you know, insert insert uh radical black movements like yeah those yeah two, those two are are born in right like fucking up black and indigenous folks you know um well in this I, case yeah this one they're actually they're help well uh, you know they're helping they're helping yeah they're they're, oh, the, so. they're almost presented as like the the heroes here um just oh, maybe, that's interesting yeah, just they're, there's basically like a conspiracy to um to basically take away these people's um these people's money like there's like yeah. this big like conspiracy that like takes over this like oklahoma town and basically the people who like run this conspiracy they had like everyone in their pocket they had like the local state oh, when it came time to when like they finally like um when they finally like you know discover who it is and like go to trial like the dude who goes to trial like he's confident like he walks in like knowing that he's not gonna get convicted he has everyone like in his pocket so that's why like they need the fbi to like oh, come in and, like, wow yeah yeah and gather evidence about it and yeah. like figure stuff out um and j edgar oh, Hoover was um the he was like head of the fbi like at the time too and um it also it, you know it doesn't like display them in totally like a good light right like it's not like glorifying the fbi but it, it kind of like gets into like how like you know his personality of just being like a, a psycho like you know like a power hungry like con- paranoid like psycho like kind of run the agency and like all that so yeah, so they actually helped like um like solve the case. Uh they they weren't actually the ones like uh subverting uh these people for the first time, believe it or not. Wow. All right. Wow, I'm even more interested now. Yeah. Man, thank you so so much, bro, for coming on. This has been a real joy. This has been really fun. Funny. Yeah. It was a good yeah. conversation. I feel like we ended up all over the place, but the, yeah, it was, was definitely that's perfect. Connect everything though, so that's good. No, I, it was at the same same source, bro. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Ballers Read. We hope you enjoyed the rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you and see you in the next episode.